This podcast is to discuss meaningful topics and issues from the lens of two Kamarigan sisters and other diverse community leaders. Today's topic is Short Girl Power with Sam, Smooshy Pig, Javier. Welcome back to our podcast. We are your two Kamarigan sisters, Melissa and Jasmine. We have an exciting guest speaker with us today. She's one of our loyal listeners, but also a good friend. And she's so kind, gregarious, but also intelligent, articulate, and very inspiring. Oh. Sam Sam Javier is a social media influencer, model, and brand ambassador. She leverages her 15 years of combined experience in public speaking, brand ambassadorship, and modeling to own her awesome height at 4'8 and empower other short people. Sam identifies as Filipino-American. She goes by the alias of short girl power Smooshy Pig and was born in, I'm going to get this wrong, Kapalae, Hawaii. Are <laughs> you no, so close? So close. Uh, sorry, Kapolei, Hawaii. Kapolei, Hawaii. Yeah. On the island of Oahu, to first-generation Filipino American parents, Sam was instilled to work really hard in life and to be ambitious and to love food. At a young age of 13, she attended a politics and speech program at Stanford University. Wow. In high school, she was valedictorian of her graduating class. And in college, she achieved the impossible of graduating on time in four years with her BA in international business, cum laude, while studying abroad in Japan and China for her double minors. Her hobbies include calisthenic, working out, breakdancing, bouldering, grocery shopping, cooking, and hip-hop dancing. Lovely to meet you, Sam. It's so nice to finally meet you. I know. Like, I knew Melissa from, um, me and Melissa met at a Seahawks Super Bowl game. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, back in 2014. I thought she was 2013? Yeah, 2013. Yeah, 2013. She was the only person to talk to me at the party. Like, we're the only people to talk to each other at the party. (laughs) You had mutual friends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sam knows Eric. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> awesome. And you filled out a feature on our website, and I watched the short film that you made about your family. And I really yeah. love that you talked about your parents and um, you just want to give back and share their stories. Which oh, is yeah. They're going to be talked more about in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and um, the photographer or videographer of that, um, I, I need to send him a link for the blog feature because he is part Native Hawaiian. Yes, And he was, please. like, so interested. I told him, like, hey, you should be part of this. So, um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll loop back with him because, like, he's amazing. Yes, oh, please. <laughs> That'd be amazing. And Native Hawaiian, which is very, Ooh. very rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting to be connected with him. So thank you. Mm-hmm. And Sam, how are you doing today? And is there anything that we missed? That was a lot about you. And <laughs> um. Uh, oh. Okay. So because I'm four foot eight, people tend to think I'm like sixteen or eighteen. They like never okay. know my real age, which is a great thing. But um, <laughs> I think that's like more of my bio. We can. Uh. Oh, my Instagram. Smushy Pig, uh, hence my, oh, my name, Smushy Pigs. Cause... I love that name. Oh, yeah. it's so cute. <laughs> oh, real quick. People are like, what's a Smushy Pig? They always ask yeah. me. Um, comes from my name, Sam and Smushy together. Because mm. um, in Japan, they call me Samu. So that's the smooth part of my name, Sam. And then I like sushi. And I used to have a pet pig. Smushy, like, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> it's Smushy Pig. And I was just like, people 
like instead of remembering like a model or influencer's name, they remember something else. So it's like, oh yeah, smushy yeah. pig. So they remember a smushy, smushy. It gets the word across, you know, smushy pig. And smushy sounds like small, like small and cute. Yes, yeah, <laughs> small and cute. yeah, yeah. Small and cute. <laughs> oh, thank you. I didn't think about that way, but yes. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, actually. I always like to know like the deeper meaning behind someone's name or alias. Yeah. So. That's really yeah, cool. Like, yeah. You'll remember it because what model calls yourself a pig? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing about that. And I'm glad I learned the right like story behind it. Oh, yeah. So Sam, we're curious to know what was it like growing up and what was it like being born in Hawaii? When did you move to Seattle? And could you tell us more about your family? Oh, yeah. So much loaded questions <laughs> yeah I know, right? okay yeah so my parents actually they immigrated from the philippines but they met in hawaii right so they didn't like so when they met in hawaii i think my dad was part of the u.s navy at the time and my mom was still in um high school so you know young age back in the day so obviously they met there boom i was born uh <laughs> honolulu several years later uh but so like and I have an older sister, I will say that. So for majority of my life, I have an older sister. I do have a younger brother, but there's a 13-year age gap. He was a surprise. Wow, that's okay. long. Yeah, yeah, really big one. So for like most of my childhood, it was basically my dad was deployed a lot overseas in the Navy. And sometimes he was like deployed to places like the Middle East, Sudan, wow. Egypt, like sometimes really dangerous places that were too classified to tell us. And so while he wasn't there for some of our life, my mom in return had to kind of raise us as a single mother. And, you know, and, and that's what I really, <laughs> it's so funny because I fight with her a lot because I'm so much like her, but she raised me so much to be uh, very independent, to be very self-reliant. And she always, and I guess I do get this characteristic from her. It's this drive to like always better yourself. Yeah. And then from my mom, it's like, I'm a foodie because of my parents. Like my mom taught me how to cook. And there's a whole story we can get into it later. But the big thing that I want to talk about, which I was like, I don't represent, is I'm from Hawaii. Woo! And um, <laughs> yes, and here, here's the really big story. Okay, not big story, but I guess the big attribute about growing up in Hawaii is that a lot of Pacific Islanders and a lot of Asian people like Filipinos, Japanese, Koreans, Chinese, am I missing anyone? And all the Asians in between like tend to be the majority there. Right. That's amazing. So, right. And it's, it's so great because API like, community there. Exactly. And what's great is that you actually grew up with so much diversity and a lot of interracial cultures. Um, mm -hmm. and I and historically that's because, you know, Hawaii was known for sugarcane and plantation fields. So you had all these immigrants coming over, even Portuguese came over. Um, and eventually, like historically, when all those types of races meet, you get like interracial families and our language, Broken Pigeon, if you watch Netflix's Finding Ohana, they like- I wanna watch that, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. You <laughs> should like, coming from Hawaii, like it made yeah. me like cry. And it was just oh. because of like the, and if you look at the family too, like who they have as the grandpa and Kelly Hu, who is amazing actress, like one's native Hawaiian and she's obviously Asian, but in Hawaii, it's so common to have that okay. type of integrated family. So you feel like it was authentic to your experience? I it was shot on my island actually wow like, that's it was so shot, exciting yeah it was shot like some of the places you see in the watch me video they shot there as well okay um, yeah but yeah and like like and I honestly when I moved from there to the college like college here in Oregon mm -hmm. I totally took that diversity for granted 
Uh, like one thing, 7-Elevens in Hawaii are so much better than 7-Elevens <laughs> out here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ours is not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, um, because we're so diverse in Hawaii, we have like bentos in 7-Eleven. We have like pork buns and like shumais or we call them pork caches there and like snacks imported from Japan. And then when you go 7-Eleven up here in the mainland, it's just, ugh. It's like kind of like lame. It's kind of more like a tech, uh, more yeah. like a, like taquitos and like buffalo wings. There mm-hmm. isn't much of a culture there. Right. And so, yeah. So, and then 2014, 2015, I moved to Seattle. I think when I first met you. Yes, yeah, Super Bowl. Was it really? That's when I met Melissa. Yeah. So I graduated 2014 and then I moved to Seattle for a year. And then that's where we met at a Seahawks yes. Super Bowl party. So I remember fun. Our friends jumped in the pool because they won. The Seahawks won. But, um, yeah. And then I moved back to Oregon because I wanted to be happy because I had like one of the toughest years of my life when I was in Seattle. Okay. I love that in Hawaii, all of the cultures come together. Like my boyfriend and I learned a recipe and we were surprised to see like there's Korean elements and Mm -hmm. Japanese and Hawaiian and Filipino. Oh yeah. It's just amazing how they kind of combine their different ingredients from their mm-hmm. home country to one. Hawaii is like one of my favorite places to visit. Oh, so beautiful. You know, I was thinking so hard. I'm like, I want to go, but we can't because of, you know, the coronavirus. Yeah. But the environment. Yeah. Hopefully it'll get better. I hope so too. Uh, yeah. I just, it's just, yeah. uh, uh, I think if I have to say is like Hawaii focuses so much on family and because there's so much different cultures, there's always like a respect to our elders, which when I came up here to the mainland, I'm not saying people up here don't respect their elders up here, they do, but mm-hmm. there is definitely like, you don't have that, maybe so stereotypical, this like aloha vibe of like welcoming people into your family and treating them as one. And I really do miss that, like about home. And well, of course, the food too. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, can you tell us more about like what it was like growing up? And you mentioned your parents showing you tough love. And oh hell yeah. yeah. I wanted to hear more about that. So I don't know if this is a Hawaii term. I think this is a Hawaii term, but like back in the day when things weren't as so I guess politically sensitive, if we misbehave, we will get lickens. <laughs> you, do you guys know what lickens are? Is that a Hawaii? I don't know that's a Hawaii. I don't term. know. Is no. it is that like a whipping or something? Yeah, if you get a oh whipping. Okay. You get a whoop at like like a Tyler Perry's Medea, you like you if children misbehaving, yeah. you know, it's mm. and um, mm-hmm. I do miss that about parenting these days, just because um, sometimes you need that, you need like that, and it's fear. Not to be, yeah, it's. I want to say, it's, I think it's um, not necessarily fear, but it's more like like a, fear a and respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, people like there's definitely a fine line between what that could lead mm-hmm. to and like what it's useful for. And I love their tough love because um, like. For them, their tough love was like them showing us like, hey, we're pushing you so hard to achieve your college education because for our generation, for my parents, college education meant financial security. Like when you're growing up in an environment where you're literally in a third world country and you see how education can change people, that's why they pushed us so hard to like, don't have a dating life, focus on school. Mm -hmm. Um, It was their kind of way of like, working so hard for us to make sure that like we succeed and we have the opportunity to get that education. Um, And then, and then, you know, just them showing their tough love instead of like coddling us, or I would say if you ever seen Wong Fu's, um, what your parents really mean to say, yeah, Yeah. this one way, but they really, yeah. So like for my parents um, and it's, and it's so, it's not just a Filipino thing. It's such an Asian thing. They'll say something 
but this is what they really mean. So like for, for example, um, if I, or I, I guess I could use, yeah, I guess I could use my <laughs> sister as an example. Oh, if that's okay with her. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I'm not going to say her name. Um, <laughs> so, and my parents, I think the way they grew up, I think psychologically now we could see the damage of sometimes when you're too tough, but they would give us nicknames like, uh, I was, my nickname had to do with like being really short all the time. My sister, they would say, oh, Ate Tabahita, which is my mom's nickname for her, which means, she doesn't call her that now, by the way, mm. <laughs> but Tabahita meant fat thighs. Okay. And, um, and it wasn't my mom's intention to try to be cruel and mean, but it was her mm-hmm. pointing out like, hey, you're kind of like gaining a lot of weight. And I'm, even though I'm teasing you as a nickname, it's showing you that like, hey, I'm pointing out, I'm concerned. This is why I'm telling it to your face. Like, hey, Tabahita, like, come here, like, you know kind of like it's it's kind of like their way sh- like showing like I'm concerned yeah. about your health I'm pointing it to you I'm not gonna fluff you here it mm-hmm. is uh so and then just their tough love like I can't blame my parents for raising us how they raised us because they didn't know any better for our generation now we know that a college degree you know it didn't mean as much value as it did back then and so I know with my sister at least because I'm the younger sister when my sister wanted to do a career that was more creative or not as stable as like you know a nurse a doctor a lawyer engineer my parents were very disappointed and it's like a slap in the face to them because here they are working so hard to give this access to education to that financial security and here we are saying like oh I don't want to do that path you know like oh I I, so then from their perspective, they're like, what are you doing? I worked so hard mm-hmm. for you to do this. And yet you want to pursue this? Like, did I work off for nothing? So I can understand their disappointment. But for our generation and how it has changed now, it's more of like about now that we have in America so many opportunities and privilege, it's now more about like finding happiness. And so it's so that's how that's kind of shifted. And I didn't understand that growing up from my parents. Um, I do now. So I, and it's great because it's just like, oh, this is what they really mean. But this Mm -hmm. is how it came off. Right. Um, Yeah. So I just feel like it gets misunderstood. And it's just like, you can't blame them because for them, that was their truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And things were so different back then. But now there's so many more opportunities. Yeah. Technology and networking yeah Yeah. and I mean there's some similarities between like how our own parents raised us too because Jasmine was called a nickname growing up oh yeah wait which one are you talking about Uh, (laughs) 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 a kamau which means the black one the black one one. because my mom is fair skin and then my dad is tan and I got yeah. both of them mixed Asian parents in that generation tend to be super blunt yeah that's the right word and right. it just oh, comes off that. as being like rude and, and mean, mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's out of love and care just in a different yeah, way yeah that's true well, kind of and I only say that because like when it comes to like dark skin at least from what I know and in research mm-hmm. it's not necessarily love that yeah. came from <laughs> it's like part of the culture oh, but yeah. I was so surprised by that cool. nickname growing up because in Cam- Cambodia a lot of mm-hmm. people are tan like me so yeah. it's kind of interesting Same thing right Filipinos we're majority are like naturally tan yeah. so I'm just like oh 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 yeah tough love but I guess now that we're older it's nice to have a better perspective and being more understanding of our parents. Oh, I just want to say one more thing, though. Oh, yeah. I think there was a lot of pressure to also study hard and get your college degree. But back then, like, 
going to college didn't cost as much. As That's so true. Now. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Now, if you apply for a job, you have to have like over three years of work experience or something. Right. And that's something our parents don't degree. understand. Yeah. yeah. Like their parents are like, um, I told this in my uh, motivational speech with uh, my PWA event that I did. And um, I told them like, just because I had internship experience and degree experience, I would obviously loss out to someone who had like relevant actual you know, working mm -hmm. experience. And that's something that my parents were just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, are they supportive now of your paths that you've taken? Uh, <laughs> and I laugh because, um, so for me, I like to have backup plans. I like to think about things. So while being an influencer isn't like my main source of income, because that's really not why I do what's not, I'm not doing it to become rich. Like that's not my purpose. Um, my dad still doesn't understand the concept of being an influencer because he's not into like technology. So even though I showed him the video, he's just like, oh, I look like a superstar. But he doesn't understand that like <laughs> this video is being shown on the internet to lots of people. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. And so he's, I think when I did that video, he, at least a little bit, I think my sister had to explain it to him, like, um, he definitely supports me in what I'm doing. And like, it kind of goes to a story I have to tell you guys, like, in a little bit, like, about my, like, my dad always supporting us. I'm like, oh, I'll be for later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, my mom is, because um, my main job, I do get to work from home for now because of the environment. Um, but yeah, I think they're more supportive because I already got my degree. So they're mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, you got what we wanted the most. Right. Now you go do you. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Same with us. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, just get your degree and us. then okay. <laughs> yeah. Because now they like stopped lecturing us now that we have our degrees. But oh, really? for me, <laughs> like for I've, I've worked at so many different companies. Me too, yeah. I'm now at a corporate world and I don't know. It's just, I can't see myself working that nine to five mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. No, same so, here. Same I'm here. kind of at that point where I'm like, okay, I think I should make a pivot because I want to be happy. Like I want to be stress-free. Yeah. I don't want to dread going to work. Mm -hmm. so, or like find that like fulfillment in you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Totally get it. And not just living for the weekend. Which yes. That the was my early twenties. <laughs> my early twenties were like that. <laughs> okay. So Sam, um, can you describe the societal narrative around being short and the stigma associated with that? Like, what were some challenges that you faced growing up? Hell yeah, I can! <laughs> okay, so people need to realize um, baseline for, and uh, um, back to the CDC, because I did cite this to make sure I got the most updated facts. If for a guy, I believe, or actually for girls, because I remember what the girls' height is. Mm -hmm. But for girls, if you're like 5'3 um, and below, or actually the average height is 5'3 for girls. So anything below 5'3, you're short. For guys, for average height for men, it's 5'9, anything below that and you're short. And like, I'm not even five feet, guys. Like I'm four feet, eight inches. And here's the thing. When I was in Hawaii, because, you know, we're all like mixed race and whatnot like I knew I was short right but a lot of my peers were maybe like just a couple inches taller than me right and so I was like okay yeah I'm short I get nicknames whatever and I went to the mainland and I was I was really really short <laughs> um because here in the mainland people are like at least average height or taller what people don't seem to understand is like yes we have the nickname like fun size but you know which is nice it's cute like I I'll take fun size too but the problem with being short is that Society-wise, the narrative around it is not good. It's very negative 
So if you think about it, average is like baseline, right? So when you're under average, and under average in health, you're under average in sports performance, under average in grades, you don't feel competent, you don't feel good enough, like there's something that needs to be approved upon. So when you're a short person, you don't make a minimum height requirement, how is that supposed to make us feel as people, as humans? Um, and so that stigma does carry over. A lot of times when you imagine a successful CEO, you don't imagine someone short. They're usually perceived as tall. Um, now, except for maybe like elite sports like gymnastics or ice skating where shortness is coveted, the rest of the world doesn't see that as, you know, a great thing. Like, and here's the thing that I'm trying to change with what I'm doing with short girl power is that there are people out there who are short and they're like, okay, cool, I'm short. And there's some people who are like, you know what, I'm short, but that doesn't define me. In a way, I would say that because you were short, that definitely influenced how you were treated. And instead of some people are like, oh yeah, I'm short, so what? Be like, I'm short and I'm badass. Like, <laughs> let's embrace the definition of being short. Let's mm -hmm. empower it. Because right now, honestly, short people are bullied in school. We're the ones teased, especially for short guys. When it comes to dating, short men absolutely have a harder time, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just, when someone says, oh, you're short, they apologize. And it's just like, we need to like stop having like, the thing of being short be bad or something to be ashamed of and like let's embrace it you know let's move forward with it um oh i will say this and this does not get mentioned enough as a short person um your personal space as a short person gets invaded a lot when i always work when i worked my restaurant jobs i would have strangers come up to me and literally like pat me on the head and be like oh my oh, god no. you're so short <laughs> or um some people like literally like touch my cheek like in a weird way and it's just it's because when you're short you're kind of seen as like weak docile kind of like in a kid like nature mm -hmm. instead of like like you know i'm like actually like 20 like you know i'm yeah. an illegal adult like that's you know. so wrong and so creepy like how oh, would yeah. they feel if someone did that to them <laughs> you know oh, yeah. exactly. I think, they think about those things invasion of privacy yeah no it really is and um yeah i mean so, like it's i will say that's how some perks like if i go to the so like no one's around, I would literally climb grocery shelves to reach something. What? That's why I'm so, here's the thing. That's why I'm so good or like I have a good grip when it comes to bouldering because if no one is around me. Oh, you have to do it like, by yourself? You have to do it by yourself. So I would find ways to tactfully <laughs> climb on like grocery shelves or even like my cabinets in the kitchen. Like, yo, yeah. I gotta. Be careful. Oh, yeah, no, I am. I'm so pro at this point. Don't get me wrong. I have, I have. And it felt a lot, but like I have slipped, but I got so good at like knowing how to perch myself up and grab stuff kind of again goes on like being independent, self-reliant. But then again, it's like short people, yo, like a lot of us know how to like actually like climb on something because we're so short and people don't realize that like we actually have a good amount. Most of us have like good amount of like grip and upper body strength because mm -hmm. we're so short. And, you know, we just, if you were a go getter, you literally get stuff yourself. That's why you're so in shape all those years of practice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I thought I was like, where did I got this good grip? And it's like, you know, what? I'm sure that's probably where it came from. I didn't think about it. And my <laughs> other short friends do the same thing, too. And I'm making a video about it on my YouTube channel coming up later when I get everything set up. It's going to be great. Can't wait to see your YouTube channel. That's frustrating because with health, that's something that you can improve on. But mm -hmm. like your height is your genes. And there's mm -hmm. not much you can do else other than wearing higher shoes higher heels and but i think confidence is key 
Oh, um, yeah. I don't know if you know Jason Chen, the YouTube musician. He's Chinese. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, short. Yeah. And he's with his girlfriend, Lucia, and she's, like, way tall. But they talked about how the way that they get through that is just mm-hmm. his confidence. Like, oh, yeah. when they go out in public, they're confident. And it's interesting how they assign, like, masculinity with being taller than the, mm-hmm. than the significant other, which is... You know, like, people can love whoever they love, no matter how they look like, no matter how tall they are. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, my, it's, it's my height, and I didn't embrace it till like, recently, was, like, is what makes me unique as an influencer. And, like, and just actually show, like, hey, you know, let's change this attitude towards being short. Like, let's actually empower people. Because I didn't have that growing up, you know? Like, no, I didn't. Like, hell, like, all, the, like, m- models in Philippines were at least, like, half white half Asian you know mm-hmm. who naturally were that tall I was like and I'm looking mm-hmm. at my parents and I'm like why were you guys why? So? I was like why I told my parents like why are you short parents yeah my parents are short too but now it's just like I love it it's working that's good I am so glad that you're you know happy about yourself and more confident like when I first met you I never saw that as something negative mm-hmm. like oh, yeah I just remember all the positive <laughs> traits about you, like you oh. being so charismatic and so friendly. And yeah, I feel that too. But when we talked, it just felt like we had known each other for years. So I admired those qualities yeah. about you. And I think Aww. that we should change that narrative, you know, around height. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for spreading the love too for yeah. short people out there. Because yeah. that's not a common issue I hear about. No, I make That's people true. feel tall. I make short people feel tall. Like, if you're five <laughs> foot, I'll make you feel like you're six feet tall. <laughs> it's true. Like, I literally heard my doctor say that to me. She's like, oh, my God, you make me feel tall. And I was just like, I'm glad I do. <laughs> yeah. And could you speak to how having dark skin impacted you? We talked, we touched a little bit on it, but um, is there a colorism issue also with Filipino culture? Hell, yeah. <laughs> and I say hell, yeah, because... um. Ah, uh, and because this also affected my upbringing and my childhood growing up. So I think um, in the Philippines, there's, and maybe even other parts of like Southeast Asian culture, like where if you're lighter skin, lighter, like lighter, like almost like Korean, Japanese, like white skin, that was what was beautiful. That was what was superior. Um, and then historically, if you look back at like Filipinos colonialism, like we were conquered by like the Spanish and like, hence like all like being superior is like being light skinned, white skinned. And then of course, natural, like majority of Filipinos, we tend to be really dark, really tan. Mm-hmm. And that was associated with being inferior because we were conquered, being dirty, mm-hmm. being poor, having to work out in the fields. That's why we get a tan. And if you look at a lot of the mainstream like Filipino commercials, or even a lot of the lotions and uh, soaps the in the Philippines, yeah, they all have some type of bleaching or whitening product in there. I've heard about that. Like the Oh, it's true. I turn gray. Products? Does it actually yeah, work? I, I turn gray. <laughs> so <the> no. <laughs> like... So growing up, because I didn't see any like real Filipino women like actually be brown like me, I was like, oh, I don't like my skin color. Mm. So I would buy like those papaya like lightning soaps and I mm. turned gray. Like, gray? Like gray. <laughs> I didn't even turn light. I turned gray. And I'm like, what is this? And it's yeah. just so, it's so dumb. And like a lot of the yeah. Filipino like, actresses, super light skin, you know, they're not being praised for being tan. Um, or even the models, a lot of them tend to be like part Asian and part white. That's how they got their skin to be so light. And I'm like, well, I'm real Filipina here. Not, not, not just in the Filipinas who are like, you know, light skin, because hey, God bless you. Um, <laughs> but for us, you know, who are darker, it's just like, well, what is like, does our old culture not embrace us? Do they not like us? Yeah. Um, and so there's a term for like the 
for like the darker skins, which I am so happy that in America they do like, you know, dark tan skin. And we have Filipino American <laughs> influencers like a Patrick Starr, who's incredibly yeah. lovely brown, and he's respecting the Philippines. And his Broody Gordon, he's brown, brown. Yeah, Brendan Ross is <laughs> also from, he's actually from my side of the island too. Wow. He's brown, brown. I know he's being respected, and even the Philippines. So I'm glad that they're turning a new leaf. Melly Rankal, who is one of Beyonce's makeup artists, she's brown, brown, and she has her own beauty brand. So slowly. Beautiful slowly in Filipino culture brown is being seen as beautiful but unfortunately right now it's still like white light is like what's beautiful Mm -hmm. thanks for speaking to that because it seems like like in all of the Asian cultures that seems to be a trend Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I mean I think it's associated with status being pure Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah status and economic class right so why is it in the the west like america it's like tan is like so great yeah, like, yeah going why? to a tanning salon so, yeah, yeah. Like, I Wilson, you still have this tanning oh, lotion so that I, she rubbed I, <laughs> what so <laughs> i went no in high school i went tanning because i thought that was the thing to do because uh-huh. all the popular kids had tan skin and i wanted to be like them you know Aren't to you fit tan? in no, no. I, think, I think naturally i have light skin and so I would, yeah, I went to tanning beds. It was so bad. I went to tanning beds, I played tennis, I outside, and then I got so dark that when I got home, my mom was so pissed and told me to st- start wearing a hat and long sleeves and pants. Like in the but I wore in high school, yeah, to not get yeah. dark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess I was tan. No. Okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, see in Hawaii, like we can get real tan, like real tan, yeah. like almost black tan. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's really funny, you know. How I think I didn't know about that. Us, like when we're younger, because we we try to follow what we think is right, but it's mm-hmm. actually not. And now later on in life, we're like, oh, well, you know, we should just be true to who we are. Just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In internal confidence is what matters. This diversity of skin mm-hmm. shades of all kinds, and it takes too much work to try to be someone else. Like, might as well just stick with who you are and embrace it. So it was gray. Like, it didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It turned gray, and I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. Well, Sam, thanks for being so confident with your height and also your color skin and just overall and you exude confidence and this is my first time meeting you so yeah yeah so thank you and keep inspiring other people to be to embrace all parts of themselves so we're curious to know and uh, more about your family so Mm -hmm. your parents especially your dad lived in poverty as a kid so growing up what are some lessons that you were taught by them Ooh, okay so many so many lessons taught from like both sides but especially my dad so um which I'll talk about him later on too, because he he is a really big, big person. So he talked about tough love and like their, their perspective and what we learned from that, which I thought was super important. Another thing about perspective is that like my parents and me and my sister didn't realize this till we were in Seattle, like when we eat out a lot. Our, <laughs> my, our, my, our parents made me and my sister like foodies, like foodies, 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 like we're about quality, not always about uh, quantity. and. And I say that because it's it's the privilege of having access to options. And I think that's something that people, at least that me and my sister realize is like, every time growing up, my sister and I would got to, my brother wasn't born yet. So I'm not including my brother. If Algin, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, 
be part of the story later. Um, <laughs> so, so when we'd go out to eat, my dad would kind of scold us if we ordered something on the menu that like my mom could make at home for cheaper. Like, yeah, because what's the point? Out- Right, exactly. So like, if I went out to a fancy place, I was like, oh, I want mac and cheese. And my dad would be like, are you serious? Like, we're going out to a fancy restaurant and you want mac and cheese. Why can't you just eat that at home when we're home? And so oh not to be like... Our parents did the same thing. Right. We went to like the Chinese buffet. Yeah. She's oh, like, yeah, do not eat rice so you can fill mm-hmm. your belly with more of that. That's my strategy when I <laughs> eat at buffets. I don't eat carbs. <laughs> well, I don't eat rice. I eat sushi. I don't eat rice to fill me up. But uh, no, girl, see, I knew we had so much in common. <laughs> um, but no, so my parents was just like at the same time. So we could order what we wanted, like try new things. You have the opportunity to be adventurous. And that's a privilege. Um, as you guys know, like my my dad, especially grew up in poverty. So to have access to things now as upper middle class in America, like at the same time, you have all these opportunities, but don't be wasteful. And it always came back to food because I remember one time, uh, me and my sister eating chicken wings, right? And um, we would eat as as I thought was a clean chicken bone, but my dad would be like, hey, there's still meat on here. There's still cartilage. You should eat that. We're like, what? We're like, what? He's like, yeah, like be grateful because, you know, when I was growing up, if I even, if I even had this chicken bone, like we would have to share it with my brothers. You know, mm-hmm. he was teaching us like these things that you have, these access to even choose what kind of food you want. That's a privilege, but don't be wasteful of it. You know, don't take things for granted. And like, it's just so funny now because me and my sister remember that. So when my dad eats chicken wings now, <laughs> we make fun. yeah, we make fun of him if he doesn't finish his chicken bones. You guys turn it back around to him. We do, we do. And he remember like, and I'm like, we're like, see, dad, we do listen to you in your stories. So you need to finish your chicken bone too. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that he instilled those values in you and your siblings because it makes you appreciate everything that you have in your life. And oh yeah. My mom too. Mm -hmm. My mom would be like, like, hey, let's go eat. Like my mom would be more the more adventurous eater than my dad, which I totally love that about her. And she definitely likes quality food, uh, which is great because when you eat quality food, like that's actually still good for your health. Mm-hmm. I have to shout out to my mom because sometimes she feels left out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's so important with parenting in coming from a disadvantaged background. You want your kids to kind of know what life was like for them. Otherwise, they're going oh, to be yeah. ungrateful for the things that they have. I'm still like the same way too. Like our parents yeah. did instill those values in us too, to mm-hmm. not waste our food. Even like with rice, the rice. Yeah. Then they'll eat it, you know, if what, mm-hmm. we don't finish, they'll eat it. They don't want you oh, to throw yeah. that away. I'm like, I, this is like a curveball, but like, so when I went to Japan, when I was in college, like I would ask like if my classmates didn't finish their food and they're uh, white from the mainland, you know, they wouldn't finish their food. I'm like, oh, hey, can I eat like the rest of your food? Um, and for me, I was just like, for me, that's my mindset, not being wasteful. But then after some time, they're like, hey, like, and, and we had like a group of 10 and some of them was like, actually, can you not do that? It's just kind of rude. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, and then what? another, yeah, another friend from Arkansas was just like, but if she doesn't eat it, that's also wasteful. So it's just mm-hmm. also trying to see like, like, you know, perspective and stuff and just like different values. I was just like, oh, I was just taught, you know, not to like waste food and homegirl did not eat like half of her plate. And I'm like, we are in Japan. Well, I didn't say that in my <laughs> oh head. My I was like, we are in Japan. Yeah. But that's you the know. same question. So, yeah, so with my coworkers, they're white and we always go out for happy hours. Yeah. They know now that I like to eat leftovers. So they'll, mm-hmm. if they don't finish their food, they'll like give it to me and I, I will pack it home. 
Like, or even like a shrimp head. Oh, I guess maybe a test preference. Like for, in my family at least, because I found out not all families like to do this, but I would take a shrimp head and I would suck on it. Because like, that's like delicious. For the juice? Yes. (laughs) But you know, I get it. It's it's not everybody's thing. Not everyone, you know, or even like when you, oh, oh my God crab like thank god for asian culture we cooked the whole freaking animal yeah um yeah. because then you know we're not wasting the whole animal like crabs like i'll eat the crab heads or even like intestines oh i love like fried intestines. anyway so my parents <laughs> taught me to like not be wasteful for you know or like at least appreciate where your food comes from i know in the western culture we're more desensitized um like i had friends who went abroad to like asian they're like how do you eat this fish there's bones in it and I was like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, it's because like when we were served fish, like we didn't have the head attached or the oh. bones. And I'm just like, it's already done for you. <laughs> yeah. And oh yeah. So my 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 mom especially, like she taught me how to cook. My mom is one that taught me like how to clean intestines very clean and how to do it so it doesn't smell gamey. Um, so it's just honestly like as my I know a lot of Asians, like we're all foodies, right? Like, come on, like we all really oh, like yeah. foodies. Uh, <laughs> But within that, there are like so many lessons like from food that I didn't realize while I was older. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's important to be grateful for the lessons that our families have given us. I like when I'm hangry, I try to (laughs) have some perspective because our parents survived the Khmer Rouge genocide and they were only given like rice and water and just barely even anything. And if they can survive on that and like make it alive, like we should be grateful for all of our food. And oh, I'm so surprised by mm-hmm. people that don't keep their leftovers. Like in Italy, when I went to study abroad there, yeah. they frowned upon you if you asked for like a box to take the leftovers. Really? So interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no yeah. such thing as takeouts. No such thing as packing it into like a box. But it's in a waste. Europe. That's so weird. Right? So I guess it depends on your culture, but yeah. mostly in Asian culture, we're, we're taught to not be wasteful. But yeah, um, it's interesting. I know. I have so many more stories to share too. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we all do. <laughs> yeah. So Sam, when I guess knowing you all these years, I never knew about your education and your career history, mm-hmm. but I think it's quite impressive. And you have been so motivated in life to achieve success and pursue your passion. So we wanted to know more about your, your journey. Oh, God, my journey, loaded questions. (laughs) Let me try. Okay, so I think, Melissa, when you first met me when I first moved to Seattle, I graduated out of college. I was actually, except the Super Bowl party, like living that year in Seattle that I lived there was actually one of the hardest years of my life. It was actually when I hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. I know know when we met, it didn't seem like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But no, it was truly rock bottom in my life. Um, I get like a quick thing about that because I do have a greater reason like why I'm so motivated but basically I was suffering from post-grad depression which is a real thing for college students who I'm not talking about kids who still lived at home and went to community college because that's a completely different environment but for us who like stayed on campus all four years was surrounded by that like community of friends and like focusing on you and your dream and what you wanted to do. <laughs> the real world's not like that. That community of friends you have, no, where are you going to live in the real world? The friends you had four years, they're not there anymore. So I was, there was that. Uh, on a personal level, I was going through the first serious breakup of my very first serious relationship. He was like my first, like everything guy, right? First guy mm-hmm. I even showed to my parents. So it was mm-hmm. a big deal. And obviously we didn't work out. So I was doing that. Um, because of that, I was so depressed. Um, I like dropped 
10 to 15 pounds in like one week because you know I was so depressed and I wasn't getting you know those corporate jobs that my parents expected with my you know degree Mm -hmm. what the heck um and then like financially with student loans which I paid off like two years ago Ah! um (laughs) yes and then by this November I'm gonna be debt free Uh, yeah so same right right so thank you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so in 2014 I had like at one point, like only $400 in my savings, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be like debt-free. So big journey. But basically, I, I didn't feel good about myself. I felt like crap. Uh, not crap. Like I was just, I didn't understand how I had hit this high in college and high school of being a high achiever, being a vacutorian, getting a BA to like now, like what the hell is going on with my life? Um, and I realized like to get, I was good at school because that's all I did for like kindergarten to like college. That's why I was mm-hmm. so good at it this is the real world. I need to adjust. I need to adapt. I need to humble myself, tell my ego to shut up, tell my pride to shut up and be like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> and it's true. Like I, I had to humble myself so much and be like, you got to start from zero again, especially your work experience. Um, so I even worked at like the production planet research where I was like one of the few who spoke English. Everyone else was like immigrants who only spoke Spanish, who never had higher than a fifth grade education. So and I was just like, I had to humble myself and be like, okay, I need to start over again. So I start hustling, working many different jobs. Um, and my parents would be like, oh yeah, use your PTO. And I'm like, what PTO? My job doesn't give me PTO. Uh, you know, we can all relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to make myself feel better, I wanted to do a photo shoot. And our mutual friends, like, you know, Sarah Joe and all of them, yes. they were like, hey, do that. And so I did a photo shoot. And then people were like, Sarah's like, hey, you should really continue doing this or CC like hey you should really do this and I was like I'm short I'm no model what are you talking about they're like no Aww. just keep doing it and then so I did and then eventually like that grew and then one of my former coworkers, who's like my coach he was just like Sam but what makes you special as a model like if you really want to pursue this because at that point I was starting to watch Jay Shetty videos watching all his motivational mm-hmm. videos like what am I trying to do um what am I trying to achieve and he's just like I like public speaking uh I like to you know give presentations I like I love public speaking so much because of the impact you can make if you do it right. And then my coach was like, yeah, but you're like a model. You don't always get to speak. And I was like, okay. Um, He's like, you're short. And I was just like, okay, whatever. He's like, no, seriously, like that's what makes you unique. And then of course it took me time to realize like, hey, I really should embrace this because there isn't many others right now who do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But so that's how that is going. But if you always ask me like why I'm so ambitious and driven, this goes to the email I sent you guys like I talked to my dad uh yeah. so yeah so okay so I actually like we had a heart to heart actually cried that night when I was talking to my dad um so I asked him I was like hey like so my dad was like in the navy right and being in the military especially because he was deployed I took this for granted growing up but like I am very fortunate that my dad came back from every one of his deployments you know, because there was sometimes he would tell us briefly, like he would have to go sleep with like a rifle next to his pillow. Um, And here's the thing, my sister and I, we got so desensitized to him coming back from deployments because we always expected Mm -hmm. it. And now growing up older, I'm like, holy crap, like he he might not have come back. He could have died on deployment. And that's part of the military. That's part of him serving, you know, being selfless. And when my dad came back, like sometimes I didn't realize this till like later till shout out to uh, David Goggins from impact theory because of his military story. It made me reflect on my dad that like my dad, when he came back home, he, 
it was weird. And it was weird because he was struggling through like his own, uh, his own things with PTSD. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, as children growing up, like he tried his best not to show it. And instead, what he would try to do was like try to be the best dad he could be. He wasn't perfect, but try to be the best dad and not show his internal struggle with what he was, you know, dealing on from being in the military. And he'd always try his best to help out or even my mom's side of the family, he would help out. And then so my dad always had like this knack for wanting to help people, even though he himself was going through so much. And how that stemmed was um, when, and apparently he got that from my grandfather. My grandfather was... And uh, my grandfather was someone who always helped his community. And I didn't know this till I had that heart-to-heart conversation. Uh, when I was 16, my dad and I went to the Philippines and he wanted us to see the neighborhood where he grew up. And it was the slums, like slum dog like slums. Like when it would rain, the sewage water would flow in the streets and they would go swimming like mm-hmm. slums, right? So me and my dad went there and we had a bo- like a big box of candy. And within like five minutes like all the candy was gone because all these children grabbing all these children smiling with broken teeth or no teeth or cavities and they're just all and they're just like all like you know like so happy to have like this one free piece of candy and from my perspective it was just like wow like seeing where my dad came from to where I am like hell yeah you know if my dad can do these great things and hell yeah so you know what I can do that as an influencer I can do that um but from my dad's perspective, taking me there to his neighborhood, not only was it to like humble yourself, like things could be worse in life. For him, it was like his way of giving back like how his grandpa did. And this is the part I didn't know about my grandpa because my grandpa passed away when I was four. And so my grandpa would try his best to help out everyone. The rich, the, I don't know why the rich would come to him because they're, they're rich, but they would come to him for help. Poor people would help. My grandpa would sometimes give more food to like, somebody that needed or his neighbors and, and giving less to his family, which my dad resented at the time. He's like, we're hungry. We're your family. Yeah. Why aren't you giving us more food? Like, why are you giving it to other people? You know, my dad, and this is something my dad didn't share. Like I didn't realize my dad didn't understand. until like when my grandpa died, so, so many people, all the people that my grandpa helped, inspired, impacted, showed up at the funeral. And my dad was just like, who are all these people? And then he learned like, it's because my grandpa was so selfless and giving back so much. He impacted all these lives. And mm-hmm. I was just like, and I was like, I was like, Papa, I was like, you got that from Lolo. So Lolo means grandpa in uh, Tagalog. So I was like, I was like, you got that from Lolo, didn't you? Um, like just being so selfless. And I felt like it's called epigenetics where there's like a intangible trait passed on through generations. So I was like, oh my God, like you being so selfless and helping people, you got that from Lolo. And my dad was like, if you can give, always give, but don't expect to receive anything back. Mm-hmm. It's a part of giving. And then so my dad and I think I reflect on his military career and him being so selfless and serving and yet coming back home to like spoiled, we were kind of spo- spoiled Filipino kids like, oh, I don't want to do this. And you know, my dad is like trying to be a dad, not show his PTSD, mm-hmm. and, you know, just trying to be the best he can be. And then I was just like, oh my God, like not realizing this. So like, you know, I was like, Papa, I was like, I think this ambition in me and this drive to be so successful and to help others, I think it came from you and Lolo. Like me wanting to impact and inspire other people to live a better life for them to like basically like help others instead of, you know, just myself. Like I think it like all honesty, like that drive, like it came from my grandpa and I didn't know my grandpa when he was alive. So when my dad told me that story, like I was like in tears. I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm in tears too. Oh yeah, I'm just, I'm like just trying to like hold back my tears. Oh yeah, that's such a sweet story. 
Right. Like I don't ask these stories about my dad because I never mm-hmm. knew and your guys' podcasts and the things you have with your guests. It's making me like have those conversations with my parents. And my dad told me like after that heart to heart, he was um he was just like, well, Sam, he's just like, thank you for listening. And I was like, Papa, I will always be here to listen. I don't know. I was like, I didn't know any better because you never showed it, but I will ask and I will be there to listen because how am I supposed to like learn from you? And so I feel like in a way, like I'm through traits, like genetically, like that's why I'm so driven in a way, like epigenetics, like because of my grandpa who I never knew until I was going to do this podcast. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's You like made me like get all teary. Yeah. Like, I was like, no, yeah wonderful story even though he didn't have much he gave he always gave the best true like that's an amazing character to give when you don't have a lot and you don't expect anything back i i'm sure he felt that love and support um Mm. hopefully he was looking down and seeing like how much he's impact other people Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, my dad finally had a dream when my grandpa was in his dream. That's never happened before. And my dad, also in the dream, my, my grandpa was giving my dad chocolate, or like candy. And um, my dad was telling us in a group chat, like, why am I having this dream? And it's just like, I think it's because I told or how my mom interpreted it was like, it's because you're being a good father to like your son, to my little brother. And like the symbolism of like my grandpa giving my dad chocolate and then we gave candy to those kids in the Philippines. These happen at different times. And I'm just like, oh, the universe works in mysterious ways. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you That's so much beautiful. for sharing that story with us. Because oh, it's so powerful. And <clears throat> you must be so proud of of your dad and Lola, Lolo, is that how you? Yeah, Lolo, Lola, Lola would Lolo. be grandma. Yeah, Lolo. So Lola I am is grandma. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Lola, Lola. Um, yeah, like it's just yeah, like my Lolo was so well respected because he helped out so much, and it's just like I and my dad, he's respected as a veteran, and then for me, it's just like, well, I have this opportunity in America. I, I, I do want to be well respected like listen like come on like I do want to be respect but I want to be known as like but I want to be that short girl that you know mm-hmm. can help inspire some and I did uh I did inspire some people already like um there's a story on LinkedIn um so here's the thing like when you and I bo- I'm sure you two can relate to this you are posting so much content supposed to God, I love how consistently you guys post. It's like, damn, if I had that work ethic, like, oh my God. Both of us doing it at the same time. (laughs) Like, it's, and you guys are sisters. That's great. Like, my sister and I, we cannot work together, like, like in small doses. You guys, constantly. It's wonderful. Yeah, somehow somehow we work well together. Yeah. Maybe not with the middle school. Some bumps here and there. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe because we're older now, it's like, okay, now that we're older, I can get along with my siblings. But um, <laughs> yeah, so you can post content, but you don't necessarily know how it's affecting people if you don't get that feedback, you right? Know? Especially because we're something. still growing. We're not like those viral influencers that has like millions yeah. and millions. Um, but on my LinkedIn, I had a message from a grandfather. Uh, and he's actually like this like high corporate, like a uh, chemical engineer at like a consulting company in the Midwest. I was like, oh, hey, what made you want to connect, you know? Um, he says just like, well, I was really impressed by like your shortness and your positive attitude of being a badass short woman. And um, it was more of the lines like um, his daughter, his granddaughter, Amanda, she's 4'10". She's taller than me, but she's 4'10". And she felt so unimportant in her life because on her mixed gender hockey team, she was the shortest person. As we know, short height, is always seen as a disadvantage in sports, right? So she didn't feel good about herself. Bob showed her my LinkedIn 
about my content being empowering, being a strong, you know, by the way, by strong, y'all, I mean, like, I can, I'm not, like, the strongest woman, but, like, I can do chin-ups, I can do pull-ups, I can do things that even, like, other guys at the gym You're pretty do. strong. Oh, oh they do. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to put out there, like, strong mentally, but, like, physically, I want to be that yeah, representation. And so when Bob showed Amanda my content, Amanda, in the, her next hockey game, scored the game-winning tie in a, an overtime shootout. So she won for her team. Wow. And like, I was just like, wow, that's so great that like my concept helped inspired her and even help her team win something. And it's just mm -hmm. like those little moments, you know, I'm just like, oh shit, you know what? You are impacting and you are inspiring. And um, yeah, and it's just like, so you too. Like, oh my God, for like the Asian American, you know, people of color community. I'm just like, oh yeah. You know what? I Yay. think we are inspiring each other. And that's like, what's so beautiful about it. Yeah. Because, you know, we encourage others to ask questions to their parents and grandparents. And then you're also inspiring us with, like with your confidence and like oh. empowering other women. So I think that's amazing well, what we're doing you. right now. Yeah, we're learning from each other. <laughs> oh, like this whole ecosystem of empowerment. <laughs> I love it. So we wanted to know from you, what do you think are the attitude, traits and skills that a strong, confident woman possesses? Strong, confident women must embrace the struggle. The struggle is real, yo. And <laughs> if you're afraid of struggle, then you're afraid to grow. So I really believe that for strong, confident women, we've had to have something in our lives that made us tear us down, broke us down, made us hurt, made us doubt ourselves. And from that, that's where we learn. So when you embrace the struggle, that's the only way you get stronger. Like as cliche as it is, it's so true. And honestly, I how like how I got so confident is because I overcame that. I told my ego to shut up um, and tell my pride. Cause you know, um, sometimes college degrees can make people feel entitled, right? And I learned the hard way, like have self-belief, but don't feel self-entitled to things. You know, you're constantly needing to prove yourself. So as I'm, oh, that's so sweet. You guys think I'm a strong, confident woman. That's something that I struggled with, like growing up. I wasn't confident. I was so culture. shy and quiet. Yeah. So then when I see you, I'm like, wow, she possesses so much confidence. Like, girls, I think about you. Oh. I just like she's traveling <laughs> and she won these awards. I was like, I was like, oh, go, Melissa. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it's like our parents, because, you know, if we got a B plus, they're like, oh, why isn't it an A? So we're taught to be like, you know, like more hushed. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we have like, more. we're taught to have such high expectations for ourselves. Yes. So when we do achieve goals, like we're still not happy because we have to keep striving higher. Go, go for more. Um, so for like Women's History Month, like strong government embrace struggle. I'm not saying get struggle it's all the time, but like embrace it, embrace being out of your comfort zone because maybe there's a new skill that you didn't learn that you could be really good at, you know, embrace where you came from and realize like, oh, definitely have like mother freaking tenacity. Like you have to get in there, get metaphorically punched in the face, you know, like <laughs> life. Okay. So the way I see it is that if you ever played Super Smash Brothers, um, yeah. big fan and yeah, Super Smash Brothers is a really good reference. I'm going to all the nerds <laughs> on my side. Uh, so I'm this big fan of Super Smash Brothers and someone whacks you in the face. Guess what? Your yeah. character, if you're not all this, comes back to it, right? Comes back for yeah. more. Right. And that's what like strong, confident women do. Like you get back down, you come back up and stay classy. I say stay classy because I'm, um, you know, like who wouldn't like a strong, successful woman who's like, oh, I'm sassy, but I'm classy. Like <laughs> it's definitely because of that struggle that they came from. So it's embracing struggle and 
also a huge thing, like be super genuine um, because when you're genuine and you know what you're doing something for, that's how the confidence comes out because you're so sure mm-hmm. and you're embracing, you're like, this is who I am you know, like all this. And I'm like, that's how I can tell you, like, from my experience, from my credibility, uh, that's what it is. So, you know, be genuine, have tenacity, embrace the struggle. (laughs) Get over the struggle too. You gotta also get over it. (laughs) You fall down, get back up. You get stronger each time. Super Smash Bros, you come back after they hit you with that fan. Yeah, and try not to fall down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like that's their life, like Super Smash Bros. I love that reference that you brought oh, yeah. in. That's why I tell people, like, all my friends are like, when I was so depressed in Seattle, it's just like, what's wrong? And I'm like, have you ever played Super Smash Bros? <laughs> and so life, like, literally hit me with that fan. And it took me a while to came back. But, you know, I can't. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy that we got to know more about you today. And our last question is very special. What do your identities mean to you, Sam? So this can include being Filipina, American, coming from Hawaii, female, (laughs) short, daughter, sister. Um, How do these identities um, make you who you are? What I love about identities is that they can be more than one thing, right? And I love that. So like... And I love it because having so many identities means diversity. Ah, your girl is from Hawaii and it's so diverse. You see <laughs> mm-hmm. this full circle, full circle. Okay, so <laughs> so like for me being short, I feel like I, and especially knowing where my dad came from, I feel like I have this responsibility and with all this use with technology to like be a role model for other short people out there who didn't have it. Um, I want to show to like short guys and there is definitely a double standard between short women and short guys short women slightly have it easier short guys Mm -hmm. have it way harder and I just want to be like for both like hey you know what let's embrace being short and you know like Jason Chen like exude that confidence and there's nothing to be ashamed about about being short like uh, Zootopia you ever seen that movie with Judy yeah. the Bunny? Yo, she kicked ass in the police academy. Oh, and she she's was amazing. Like, yeah. like, my boyfriend showed me that movie. I was like, oh, like I thought it was a children's movie. I was like, meh, I didn't like it. And then I watched it. I was like, I can oh, relate. it has those grown up yeah, like, lessons too. Judy so much, <laughs> and so she's like my like my fairy tale role model. So yeah, nothing to be ashamed of. Like we're not, spirit animal. not yeah, I'm a spirit animal. Spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I would go my nose too, like a bunny. Uh, but you know, like we're not, we're not docile, we're not so fragile. And then for being yeah. Filipino American, or even Asian American, or even Pan American, just other culture mixed American here, it's just duality. I love the duality of both because I can be from two different worlds. Sorry, I kind of think of Inuyasha, and I think of like half half demon, half human. <laughs> anyway, so um, you can be from two different cultures, and what's I love the perspective is that I can see perspectives from coming from the Philippines and coming from America and then you know really loving food and where it came from you know and be like hell yeah I'm a fucking I mean I'm a freaking eat this intestine <laughs> and um you know and like eat fish with bones in it mm-hmm. um but then also realizing with all this opportunity I have in America that's not here in the Philippines how can I make the most of my life how can I make the most to bridge this new generation that we are where, you know, we're both American and Asian and, you know, we are redefining what success is. And it's not just through a college degree. We're defining what happiness is that the previous generation had never experienced before. So I feel like that's an identity as a Filipino American. Definitely eat Filipino food, people. Um, <laughs> I know some Filipino Americans who don't eat Filipino food and I'm like, what? There's a couple of Filipino restaurants in South Center area. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. See, seafood city. Hey, Jolly Bee. <laughs> Uh, I can cook better than Jolly Bee. <laughs> so I was like, uh, and then um, as a daughter, sister, and this is where my brother comes in. It's just when I think about how I want to influence other people in the generation, back in my mind, my brother is, there's a 15 year age gap, right? And it's like, as a daughter and as a sister, it's like, I want to be that role model to him. Like, hey, my older sister, you know, she's a short girl, but she's so badass. She's help inspiring. She's impacting. And then as a daughter to my mom and dad, it's like, I told this to my heart to heart with my dad. I was just like, I'm letting you know how grateful I am for everything you've done for me and what I am doing with my, with my influencer role. I call it side hustle because my dad doesn't understand influencers, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm paying it forward to you, mama and papa, for all your sacrifice, all the struggles, all the hard work you did to me. I'm paying it forward in a way that like I can make my impact on the world and I can help inspire other short people or other Filipino Americans, you know, and I'm just letting you know, like all the efforts you did, all the lessons you taught me, it's not going to waste. And being born in America, I'm going to make some freaking use of what I have because Papa, if you can go from the slums to, you know, upper middle class here, then I am sure as hell can make a bigger impact in my own way. And so, as a daughter, that's how I, like, I really feel towards my parents. Um, and as a sister, I want my brother to idolize me in that way and just encompassing being a short woman who's Filipino-American, who's a daughter and a sister. Um, we can celebrate diversity. We can celebrate all parts of ourselves. We can be awesome. And I want to pay that forward to my parents and pay it forward to the next generation. Sam. That's so beautiful. I'm yeah. about to cry. Yeah, you oh again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, that was so inspiring. And oh, we are proud of you. We are so proud of you oh, for you. all of your achievements. And I'm glad that you overcame your depression, but also bringing that up because, you know, we need to start normalizing mental health. Seriously, we, do. we all go through our ups and downs, mm-hmm. and that's a normal part of life. Um, and I'm so glad that you had the strength to overcome, you know, mm. that dark side of your life. And you just exude so much confidence. And I just feel empowered talking to you and learning more about your story because I have never heard the side of the story about you before. So <laughs> I'm so appreciative of the time that you took to to share with us today. So Oh yeah, like all our friends were like, "Well, we didn't know these stories about each other, mm-hmm. you know, cuz we're usually taking shots." Um, I know, right? And then like what you guys do, it like again, it really makes me think and like I think you also did like a feature on Chans and I was like, "Oh, Chans, yeah. Yeah. Chans. my party girl." Uh, I mean, she's more than just a party oh, girl, Chans. obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah But yeah, but you guys in part like honestly, after I listened to your podcast, I had to like take a break. Even like my gay bestie, uh, I had to tell him like, hey, you should really listen to this podcast with this educator. Oh, that thank you. you. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't think you could really like relate to it. And he was like, okay, yeah, I will. So I'm just, the fact that you even like are representing the LGBTQ community, you know, and showing that queer side. Like, I just love how, okay, it's the wrong word. Uh, uh, inclusive? Inclusiveness? Yeah. Inclu- okay, I was like, I used the wrong word. Like how inclusive your podcast is, oh. even though our niche is, you know, being people of color, pan-Asian. Right. Yeah. It's like everyone can relate yeah. to it. Yeah. So thank you guys. Thank you You're for welcome. having me. Oh, thank it you. For such coming. a pleasure having you like, on our podcast. This was like on like my bucket list too. I was like, I want to be on a podcast. And I was just like, I thought you guys are doing it. I'm just like, one day, please, let me be on your podcast. Bucket list checked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And we're honored. 
when this environment is back to normal. My God, let's collab in person. Yeah, we, we should, should cook for each other too. We yes, should plan oh for it. <laughs> yes, the Cambodian food. Like, yeah. please do it for them. <laughs> Honestly, like, uh, some people thought I was Cambodian too when it came to the mainland. Because, oh. like, I'm dark skinned, I guess. I, I don't have a flat nose like a Filipino. Mm. So, oh, okay. yeah. I, I always like, get mistaken for being Filipino too. Like, I, all the you time. You were Filipino when we met. <laughs> And I was like, wait, like, oh, like my really? sister's like, no, she's Cambodian. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, um, is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners? Like any upcoming any projects? Any last words? Yeah. Any yeah. Final oh, comments? yeah, yeah. So this is still in the works, but um, through Instagram, I got hit up from a, like, I guess he's more of a producer, videographer, who is, um, right now, he's currently filming in the Amazon, like all the Aboriginal women, he's filming their story. And when he comes back, uh, we're planning out for him, to, I'm going to be one of the people in this documentary, where I'm highlighting, you know, empowering short people. He's what? also won awards for the Tribeca Film Festival. I didn't realize how a big deal of this guy was, because I was like, <laughs> his work is impeccable. Uh, his name is Antonio from Hardison Films, that's his IG. Um, but yeah, so I have that coming up. I have my YouTube channel. It's called uh, Short Girl Power Smishy Pig. That's coming Girl, It takes, takes a nice. while to make a YouTube channel. It's a lot of work. So yeah, there's it's a lot of work. Yeah, you want to get it right. Stuff. Yeah, and then just yeah. to like make sure you don't have copyright issues, mm -hmm. like using, have to use stock. So the YouTube, I know, get, I know I promise my YouTube channel from this coming, it's on the way. I'll make a video <laughs> on Instagram. Follow me for y'all listening at literally Smishy Pig, S-M-U. S H I P I G. I'm literally the only model with that name for now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's why I'm coming up so far. Just more to come. Yay! Yay. And we'll be yeah. there for you to support and promote your projects. So thank let you. us know. Sam, thank you for listening to our podcast. And you shared with us your story, which helps us want to keep doing this because we want people to feel vulnerable and to make time to have deeper conversations. Because when we're with our families, it's easy to go on our phones and just mm -hmm. be caught up in our own things. But having conversations, we learn a lot from each other. And we uncover things that we didn't even know before. So oh, I'm yeah. so happy to hear that you just had this conversation with your dad yeah. before coming on the show today. So yeah. And Sam, keep doing your thing. This is my first time meeting you and I can't wait to meet you in person someday. And you inspire me to feel more confident. There's always something to be worked up about and to mm -hmm. feel less about. But if you focus on the things that are that we love about ourselves, that is the way that we want to live. Because if tomorrow was our last day of life, like, would we want to look back and realize how much we didn't appreciate ourselves mm -hmm. and our life? Mm -hmm. So thank you for inspiring our listeners to think about, like, just being confident in yourself and loving yourself because life is too short. And it's better for our health if we just like have confidence every yes. single day and have that mindset so thank you sam you yes. inspired us and all of our listeners so the universe yeah. made us friends for a reason guys oh like, yes absolutely you brought us together <laughs> and i just want to say we appreciate your support of our passion project because oh, it means a lot like when we get feedback especially when they're positive it like <laughs> helps us stay motivated and to keep going, but also know that we're doing something to make a positive impact on others. And you're one of those people. So thank you. Thank you. you. Killing it. And you'll kill it too. You're, yeah. you're killing it. <laughs> and I just want to say, please continue to be that badass short woman. Yeah. <laughs> that inspires other people. Love it. I feel empowered. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, love your energy, Sam. Well, listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast with Sam Smushy Pig, please be sure to give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. And you can also comment on our Instagram post and let us know what you learned from Sam. And she'll be on the lookout for that too. You can also check her out on her socials and we'll include links to them um, on our website and Instagram. We're also active on Instagram at Two Comerican Sisters and check out our website at twocomericansisters.com. Sam has a features blog post on there. So if you want to learn more about her, she took a lot of time to share more about her on there. And everybody, thank you for joining us today and hope you felt inspired. All right. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye.